Hello, this is Maurice Harker. I'm glad you've taken the time to listen to this podcast. What you're about to listen to is a set of principles that come from the discoveries I've made as a therapist working with married people and people fighting for self-mastery. And so please enjoy what you're listening to. And then when you want more advanced training, look us up at Life Changing Services, especially if you're a married person, check out the Marriage Repair Workshop and the Lazarus Lectures. Enjoy what you listen to. We joke about how complex women are, but then we don't really believe their their woman's work is complex. Like it's work. It's they you got a lot of things to think through and ponder through and, and work out and stabilize and move maneuver around in your head. And if there's some guy snoring or breathing next to you or like touching toes with you in the bed or doing that goofy smile thing that they do, whatever, guys are distracting and it's usually not in pleasant ways. It's like like you stink, go take a shower. Okay, so there's just lots of ways that another human being can be distracting. And so there's pleasant ways to say that. My wife says, you're just too cute to be in my presence right now. And I'm like, I know you're lying. Okay, but she's getting the point across that she needs to be alone right now. And she wants to work on something that's girl work. So part of being a man is a man who can actually make good use of his time while the woman's doing her woman's work instead of sitting around moping. Like, uh, I don't get to have a woman with me right now. Dude, go up in the mountain, kill something, hang out with God, build something. Okay, go do some manly things while she's doing her woman's work. You don't have to sit and mope around. There's a question um, in the chat. Are you proposing that we create a season four if we're not in that stage or just allow it to occur when it happens? Let's tap into that for just a second. Let's, I'm going to flash forward about three years. Okay, let's flash forward three years where most of the catastrophic damage has been resolved and you're now living a normal life. When you're living a normal life, you need to keep experiencing the seasons. So you will have regular season fours, even when your marriage is at its healthiest level. What we mean by that is there's the ritual of not being together. The ritual which could be in my household right now, it's more of a quiet daily ritual where she goes off and does her thing for a while. I do my thing for a while. I'm more of a once or twice a week personality type. She's an everyday personality type. And so that's what works for our family system. But we abandon each other for certain segments of time to only work on our individual relationship with God, which maintains. So then we re-enter season one again during that cycle. There's a little bit of a brief courtship of how's your day? How's your day? This where are you at? And then we enter season two and spend a lot of time in season two. And then instead of waiting for it to crash into season four, we just glide through season three. Hey, I'm going to go do my reading now. Hey, I'm going, I'm going on a long bike right now. Hey, I'm leaving you right now to go do my work. Okay, so the fall is when you intentionally withdraw from each other so you can restabilize and keep the machine well-oiled, well-tuned, so it doesn't become catastrophic. Because what happens is people have some good experiences and they have a nice season two and then they hold on to it and they hold on to it and they hold on to it. Don't let it, don't let it create any distance. And then the season three becomes painful. Um, it becomes agonized. If we don't do the grieving part right and let things fall apart, let things tuck and roll is the term I used for the guys last night. You just let it, let it be dead for now. And then we can rebuild it again. And 
it's scary to do that when you're in a position where it looks like that would be catastrophic, like that would be the end of all things. Well, I want to return to the top of the circle for a second. Have you not noticed that no matter how hard you try, it's almost impossible to kill your reoccurring hope? Have you noticed that you've tried to kill the hope? You've had little talks to yourself in the mirror. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't hope again. Don't do it. Don't do it. This is a fascinating blessing or curse from God. This almost insane hope thing. But I'm telling you, I've tried to visualize the world without it. Imagine if people didn't experience it, what would happen to all of human relationships. We were, we'd be hurt. We'd be hurt one too many times. We'd be very logical about it. We'd say, you know what? It's just too dangerous for me to be in a relationship with you. I'm just going to let it die. And the next person you meet, you know, I've reviewed your history. Statistically speaking, you're probably a hurtful person to live with. I'm also hurtful. Therefore, we shouldn't be in a relationship and risk it. And so all relationships would die if we did not have irrational hope on a regular basis. So let us all be grateful for that curse, uh, blessing, curse, blessing. But it does need to go in a cycle. Hello, you've just finished listening to one of our episodes of Memoirs of an LDS Therapist. It's important to me that you have a chance to get more and more of these principles. We kept this brief because you probably have a busy life, but there's so much more. So please listen to the rest of these episodes and look for ways to apply them to your life. And ready f when you're ready for some deep and complex training, please look us up at lifechangingservices.org, specifically the marriage repair workshops and the Lazarus lectures. I look forward to seeing you in those more advanced trainings.